you know, what happened, what the pandemic did was accelerated what, what, what patients were already both wanting and doing. And what it did was the healthcare system caught up to where patients are. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Isles, President and CEO of AHIP. And I'm your co-host, Laura Evans. This season of The Next Big Thing in Health is sponsored by Teladoc Health, partnering with health insurance providers to transform the care experience for their members. Visit teladochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to learn about its perspectives on the path forward for integrated virtual whole person care. Today, our guest is Dr. Garth Graham, Director and Global Head of Healthcare and Public Health Partnerships at YouTube. With more than 2 billion active monthly users, YouTube is an incredibly valuable tool for educating people about important healthcare topics, especially COVID-19 safety measures and vaccines. A cardiologist, researcher, and public health expert, Dr. Graham previously served in two U.S. administrations as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Minority Health. Garth, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Could you just start, Garth, by telling us a little bit about your career as a medical provider and then what led you to your work at YouTube? Yeah, my career. Um, I, I like the way you said that because it makes it seem <laughs> as if everything is planned, is like a planned journey. Um, but uh, so my, my career is um, I'm a cardiologist by training. Um, and so I, I went to medical school at Yale and, and did the usual training that clinical cardiologists do. Then I um, went off into public policy, spent some time um, in both the Bush and the Obama administrations, um, running minority health as a deputy assistant secretary, and really kind of got um, uh, got um, you know more passion around things that I've always been passionate about. How do you bring care to underserved communities? Uh, you know, how do you think about it at policy from a policy perspective? And um, earlier on in my medical career my training, I'd always gotten obsessed with this concept of scale. And, you know, working at the government, in the U.S. government, um, certainly I loved that. Then I went back into academics, back into research. I was um, a chief of health services research in the Department of Medicine, University of Florida. Left that, I went back, it went into, uh, went to work for Aetna, president of the Aetna Foundation, and um, continued a lot of the work I was doing around underserved communities. And then segued to, to vice president of community health for Aetna and started working more on the business end of things. And then when Aetna was acquired by CVS, became the chief community health officer eventually at CVS Health, where he worked on a lot of the community health activities. So in general, my career um, has been driven by this concept of um, reaching reaching communities um, at scale, you know, trying to work within organizations that are doing innovative things to improve the health of communities. And that was what attracted me to my current role at, at YouTube. I know um, just the ability to one, um, lead an effort that could change so many lives across the world, but also to, to look at health and public health from a different angle. Um, and certainly COVID has been an accelerator for those discussions, but that's been the, the if, if, if there was ever a barometer or a direction to my journeys, mm -hmm. um, um, th that's where that's been the underscored kind of um, uh, engine is 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 making an, a difference. Is kind of the thing I would say. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, there's and and I love the notion about scale too, right? Because you're able to touch so many different people 
And, you know, we know, you know, in order to touch that many lives, you know, information and content is really important. So maybe you could share a little bit of uh, your thoughts about why it's so important, you think, especially nowadays, to make credible content front and center, especially during the COVID-19 crisis, and, and maybe share a little bit about how YouTube is working to amplify um, accurate evidence-based content. Yeah, you know, I, I have to, what, what really attracted me to this role and the things we've been able to do is this idea of the patient experience and the patient journey. Many of us, certain of us who've worked in healthcare from an industry perspective, we tend to think of the industry as a focal point, how the health, how the how the plan delivers care or helps to deliver care, how the healthcare, how the, the integrated healthcare system delivers care, how the doctor, um, I worked in private practice, delivers care. Um, but what, what this experience has really taught me is the patient lens, the user lens, the patient journey. And so you think through the average patient who may leave a doctor's office with a diagnosis, the do doctor has articulated to them some um, uh, clinical um, issue and they go home and then what happens next? <clears throat> so what happens next is they look for information. So they, they search, they search in, on Google, they search on YouTube, they use search engines to gather information. You know, gone are the days when people break out an encyclopedia um, mm -hmm. and break out a textbook. Um, so this is where they get their information. And this is what helps them decide and make decisions, um, decisions about compliance, decisions about what to do, um, decisions about their family, decisions about their life. And so to be an integral part of that patient journey at the right time and the right, right moment is important. So that's where this concept of information quality, um, as you just mentioned, um, is, is important. It's important that we get them the right information that allows them to make the right decision at the right time. And if you think through, um, again, just even our own individual life experiences, it's hard to pick up the phone and call the doctor at three in the morning when you get that other thought and that other fear or that <laughs> other question. Um, but you pick up your phone um, and that's what you'll do in the middle of the night to get the answer. And so when you pick up your phone and you look for, for, for information, that's where surfaces like ours play that very integral role in healthcare and public health. And with COVID, that was a very important point because the use, the search for health information on our platform and other similar platforms escalated. And that's because people were going to the platforms looking for health information. And that's where we partnered with, you know, um, the federal government, we, we, we partnered with Dr. Fauci and, and the folks from NAID to get information out. Um, we partnered with um, a lot of academic institutions. We partnered with um, a lot of influencers on the platform who have that audience have to help deliver information. And so that's where I think um, um, uh, both, you know, the healthcare journey, the journey around COVID, the exponential growth for which people are looking for health information um, on our platform and similar platforms um, uh, played a role. And so that's how I vision both past, present and future um, of how, um, uh, how I think we're gonna um, help um, patients and communities on their life, on their journeys as they live their lives um, and make decisions about their own health. Such a great need, huge right now. And, and there, but as you know, Garth, there's so much misinformation out there these oh, yeah. days, it's really hard to know what to believe. So what's your best advice for consumers on how they make sure that the health information that they're viewing online, whether it's YouTube or elsewhere, can be trusted? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the source of information is certainly a big factor in that. And I think that's where, um, um, you know, we have tried to amplify um, credible sources, and then we have some some plans in the near future.
for how we help uh, patients, users in the community um, help to think to help think that through some more. But I think um, you know credible sources um, are as, as one starting point. You know sources that have a track record of um, expounding evidence um, and you know um, uh, articulating uh, health and public health in a way that is reflective of. Um, the evidence um, and the science that we have. And so, you know, the flip side of good quality information is misinformation, as you pointed out. And so we have to think through how we actively remove misinformation from platforms like ours and supplement that with um, quality and engaging information. Mm -hmm. so that might be a good time to pivot to health insurance providers and, and given your career journey, and thank you for sharing uh, you know, your experience there, you're pretty familiar with how health insurance providers work and operate. What do you think about their role in terms of connecting people with reliable health information? Oh, man, I think health insurance, I think plans, health insurance providers um, are a key part of it. And here is why. Um, they're already a part of the patient journey. You know, uh, they're, they're a provider of, of how patients are connected to services. Um, and in many ways, um, help provide the patients with information. The challenge we have, and I, you know, and I try to be frank when I say this, is people aren't looking for that letter to open up and then read, how do you treat your diabetes? They're not gonna sit down there and read through those documents that we, we send in the mail okay. um, from health plan world. So then how are we reaching them? You know, how are we engaging them? How are we making sure the diabetic understands the diabetes diagnosis, what hemoglobin A1C means and how to do these other things to control their diabetes. And that's where this innovation around health information starts to take place. You know, health does not occur anymore in doctors' offices, even in hospitals. They occur when people are out in the world making their decisions. And so that's where plans, um, you know, have the ability to work with us, work with others, to get out information in an engaging way where people are making decisions. And so, I mean, I think that, um, and the good thing is, you know, the health plan world um, is leaning into patient-centered care and innovation in a way like never before. So, so you know, telemedicine, all of those components um, are, are one part of it. And now what, what, what's important for them to think through is the patient experience, the patient journey, um, and how are they reaching parents um, patients, um, how are they re reaching patients um, um, at, a, at a key moment in time when they're making those kinds of clinical decisions um, that are going to affect their health outcomes. Teladoc Health, the leader in virtual care since 2002, has built the only scalable platform for integrated whole person solutions. A partnership with Teladoc Health helps ensure that health insurance providers, employers, hospitals, and health systems are prepared for the future by supporting the growth of virtual care. To learn about Teladoc Health's perspectives on innovating to ensure access to integrated, virtual, whole person care for everyone, visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021. And, you know, you talk about telehealth, telemedicine, you talk about, you know, patients looking at YouTube in the middle of the night too. Do you think we're actually seeing a more permanent change in how people are consuming healthcare information? And, and will this change, you know, be here to stay beyond uh, the pandemic? Oh, it's changed. I think... You know, what happened, what the pandemic did was accelerated what 
what, what patients were already both wanting and doing. And what it did was the healthcare system caught up to where patients are. So, you know, patients already wanted to interact with their provider. Um, you know, sometimes, um, if it, especially if it's not a very serious clinical illness, you know, the role of telemedicine and the ability to, to interact in, in more convenient ways was always, you know, out there, but now what patients want of us has now been accelerated. Um, then the role of platforms like ours has been accelerated by, by the pandemic because we now know that we're an active source of information for health. Um, and uh, we knew that before, but now the rest of the world knows that even more. Let me put it that way. And so understanding how that drives health outcomes, drives population level and individual decision making is, I think, um, with us to stay. Um, and that's why this idea of, of how we be more innovative. One thing I'll just say is, you know, um, the po you would have never, you would never told me that my mom would ask me to explain what messenger RNA means, um, or that um, you know people would want to understand what herd immunity means and what's the calculus that went into that. Um, and you know, all of these are complicated terms that you would normally have to uh, pull out, you know, your your old textbook to say, well, you know. RNA starts here, the ribosomes are here, and all of those things. They don't want to hear that anymore. They want somebody who's going to break it down and explain it in layman's terms, in culturally specific terms. And that's where platforms like ours and that kind of dynamic um, um, you know, is part of the evolution. But truth be told, um, given the, the, the visibility that health, public health um, has had in this past year, and the, 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 the importance of health and public health information. I think all of these changes are here to stay, um, um, which is for the better because it empowers communities and patients to make the right decisions. And let me ask you a quick follow-up on that because you talk about the culturally uh, appropriate language and, and uh, this change in driving health outcomes. Do you have any mm -hmm. proof or any statistics to show that the, um, the effort and, and the work that you're doing on YouTube is actually is actually driving the change any you know are you seeing that change right now yeah and so you know um certainly a lot of what we're starting um what was started um particularly during covid with this effort is new so we're seeing a lot of evolution but you see there's a lot of data looking at how people engage with platforms like ours mm -hmm. um and how um you know that has helped to drive some of the kinds of of decision making in general, we, we published a paper mm. um, with the group I used to work at Johns Hopkins looking at um, smoking um, and how digital tools um, like the tools that I'm talking about that in our platforms and others helped to um, help patients with their decision making. And that's part of what has gone into the calculus of, of again, you know, I, I simplified it by saying that, you know, people aren't, you know, wait, waiting for that billboard or that mailer or that pamphlet anymore to make their decisions. Um, that's part of understanding how these digital tools are incorporated already into people's daily lives. I mean, mm -hmm. just think about your own life. You know, when, when you want to find out, if I tell you some, a diagnosis, anything impacting your own life now, you're not going to wait till you can get into your doctor's office. You're going to look it up. You're going to want to know what this is mean for me. And so having the right information that helps supplement that decision discussion that you have with your clinician um, is, 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 I think, um, part of um, where we where we are now, but again, as we were saying to answer the prior question, part of, of where we are going to continue to go in the future empowers the patient. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, and the platform is so powerful when you think about how many people you can reach 
Um, and also, you know, there's such demand for content. Uh, people, I, I, right now, everyone is looking for, you know, new information that's useful to them. And I think, as you mentioned, Garth, you know, connects with them and, and is easily understandable. What do you think the, the qualities are? I'm an aspiring healthcare video creator, uh, and I want to put some content on YouTube. What recommendations would you have for me? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the recommendation in general sticks to this broader concept of what we know about health information. So what works for health information? Engagement, um, resonance, um, and then in terms of linking the health outcomes, the evidence. And so, you know, um, um, you know, what I think through this, I, I, I often say that, you know, think about your audience, think about who you're trying to reach. If you're a plan and you know you need to reach this group of people, think about those characteristics, um, the cultural specific characteristics of that group, and then tailor the message towards them. And that's where platforms like ours and others, because this is really about the power of video, if you think about it as a, as a, a at scale, as a messenger, um, you know, think about um, how you, how it's going to be received. One of the things that we, we often don't think about in healthcare, because we are so, um, industry industry centric as opposed to patient centric is then when they have received that information what's the next driving action you know what's the next thing we want to empower them to do and so those are the kinds of ingredients i would say i would think about engagement i think about um, um you know the kind of resonance i would think about audience i think about community i would think about the evidence that you want it to to transfer to the to the community and then also um, um, making sure that we're linking that with action and, and purpose, um, I think are some of the, the key factors. Mm -hmm. So let us pick your brain for a second. So what are, since you're in this world, what are some of your favorite channels and sources of information? You know, I have, um, um, I have been particularly drawn to the channels and source of information that have been accelerating the transfer of medical information. So for instance, there's a group called uh, Global Health Media. There's also a group out of Stanford called Digital Medic. And they're particularly interested in how do you reach um, third world audiences, particular audiences in India, the health worker audiences. And they use the channels to transfer health information to community health workers um, in those locations and empower them with the evidence base. And why I love that kind of stuff is, Again, gone are the days where we, we're waiting for 10 years to translate evidence at the bedside. I mean, we produce vaccines right away. People want it right away. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so now we know we can transfer information um, and empower and translate information quickly. And so the, those platforms, they work to, I'm sorry, those channels, they work to they utilize a platform as a tool to help, you know, translate public health training, medical information to um, to, to community health workers in third world conditions um, and also provide us that. And now you think about that. Now you think about what we can do um, with that in the United States. And we think about how we can get, you know, information um, to, you know, again, not for the word well, but how can we train our community health workers, our frontline workers? How can we get information to folks um, who are working in community health center settings who may be in the Bronx, who may be, um, um, you know, um, in South Florida, in some community, or, you know, it, all these different versions of communities where, again, you know, it takes so long for evidence to get there. Mm -hmm. um, watching these are examples where, again, you know, think about it from the plan world. Um, these are examples of where health plans 
could adopt a similar infrastructure of, um, of, of how do you create information that is then utilizable for community um, leaders and community health workers in, in settings to help improve the care of those communities. Garth, you've been so generous with your time and such really interesting perspective. Um, maybe one final question for you, and it's one that we ask uh, um, all of our podcasters with us here. What do you think the next big thing in health is? And it could be about health information or any other topic uh, that's important yeah. to you. You know, coming out of the pandemic, um, this idea of person-centric care is going to be even more important. And why do I say that? Um, you know, we're seeing where individual decisions about say whether they take the vaccine or whether they get tested for COVID or whether they wear a mask or do all of these things are driven, driven by, um, uh, you know, dynamics that um, has to make that information reach them. And so, so I think one of the things you're going to see coming out of the pandemic and the, 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 the future of healthcare is the, the ongoing um, evolution, the ongoing um, uh, um, goal that we have of truly patient-centered, consumer-centric care, not where it's the provider is a center, but the communities are the center. And I think that's a journey that we're, we are on right now um, we got to work to improve the trust that our communities and patients have in our healthcare delivery systems, in our government institutions, um, in, in, in other sources of information. But this is more, this is broader than information delivery. This is also about, you know, um, vaccine delivery being local um, and healthcare being local. So all of these point to um, an evolution of health and public health um, that is more patient, consumer, user. Um, community-centric than we were maybe a year ago. Yeah, Garth, thank you so much for being with us here today. Really love your perspective. Uh, so diverse. And uh, your career has taken so many interesting twists and turns. It's great to hear. It's great to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. appreciate your passion too and, uh, and, your, and your good work. So thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I love what AHIP does for the industry and what you've done for our community. So thank you for having me. Recognizing the critical role that virtual care plays in the healthcare delivery system, Teladoc Health helps health insurance providers coordinate and deliver care for all members, including their highest risk populations, by providing a front door to care. From chronic condition management to mental health to primary care, Teladoc Health personalizes and integrates whole person care for members. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to download our brochure and learn how virtual care is delivering value as the preferred entry point to health. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of The Next Big Thing in Health. Be sure to sign up for our email list at ahip.org backslash next big thing. Subscribe and share with your friends too. Thanks for listening and see you next time.